welcome to Jurassic Minutes, the Midbomb Minute podcast reviewing all the Jurassic Park sequels one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're here for a special uh, record. We weren't going to uh, have a show out this week, but during the uh, past week, Behind the Gates on Facebook have released some uh, high-definition production photos, some of which we've seen before and some we haven't. David, this was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's... Uh... Actually, an incredible surprise because some of these I never thought I'd actually ever see in the condition that they're in. I mean, most of the time that we've seen most of these pictures, it was on the DVD as those terrible, terrible quality pictures, you know? Mm. Yeah, it just it continues to amaze me now, 20-plus years after the film. We're sort of going through that slow period now with the film getting back into, or the franchise back into popularity and that, Occasionally, you'd still have one or two behind-the-scenes things that might come out. Uh, being in touch with Todd and that and getting some stuff off him was great as well, just to see that there's more material out there that we knew, and it's coming out into the world. And as you said, a lot, probably over half of these images we've seen already, but they'll blurry, they'll sort of real low res and real small, like nearly thumbnail-sized pictures. Mm-hmm. But this stuff's HD quality, <laughs> a lot of detail. I. Starting off, one I'd like to talk about. There's a, a shot here, and we discussed in a minute with the hunters' vehicles lined up on one of the tar roads, asphalt roads, in that uh, park area, and Spielberg checking one of the cameras out. And in the background, you can actually see through the trees to the car park area where the RV was set up with the gatherers' camp. Yeah, I like that one too, and I also like that um, we get one that is similar. But it's from the other side of the tree line. It's, we've had that picture before. In fact, we've had that picture since the uh, Hammond's office marketing viral site. Mm. But it's always been, again, low-res, low-quality um, picture, and we've never actually gotten to see it before uh, in the quality that we've seen it to actually see the details of what's going on in the background. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that's it. Like, a lot of these photos, you've been able to make out the foreground stuff uh, in the past, like this, um, the photo of the group sitting there looking at the camera, but never before. I've, I found one of the old photos and had a look before, and there's no way you can identify that being the RV through the trees. It's just the definition isn't there to see it, but now you can see, mm-hmm. you can clearly see the RV through the trees. You can see blue tarps, which probably were on top of the Mercedes M-Class, the open one anyway, just to keep the weather out of it b- between shots. Uh, one other interesting one, too, is... Phil Tippett on scene for the uh, roundup, and he's got one of the um, brachiosaur maquettes. Mm-hmm. Never actually made into the film, but no, no, it's supposed to be a mementiosaur. So you can see they kind of chopped it up a bit to um, be more elongate and match more of the um, mementiosaur. Yeah, it doesn't have the swooping neck like the brachiosaur normally would. No. But it still looks like its head, like a brachiosaur head. Oh, yeah, it is, because it looks like they probably chopped up one of the Stan Winston models a bit. Mm. And you've still got those real long front legs of the Brachiosaur as well. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see that. They've also got the Parasolophus Marquette there as well, yeah. which is good then, to see. Uh, another pic- the next picture shows actually a close-up of that Parasolophus Marquette. Uh, I think Dennis Muren is holding it. He's got a straw hat. Oh, yeah, that's Dennis Muren, not, not Phil Tippett. Yeah. Oh, oh and there's, I some, there's some fantastic colouring in that market too. Mm-hmm. Just for something that's a standing on set. Yeah. Well, it was also used for um, a lot of times colour 
and uh, lighting references for ILM later on. Yep. That's why they got that white, that big white ball in the background there for white balance. Yep. The, uh... Uh, the interesting thing is that this picture is actually taken on the private ranch in uh, Fieldbrook. Mm-hmm. And just going into a couple of my favorites, though, um, we got one here of Spielberg talking to um, Juliana Moore on, in the Redwoods, and Juliana Moore's just squatting there in the, among the ferns. You, you don't know what they're saying to each other, but Spielberg looks like he's kind of like um, directing how Juliana Moore should be squeezing the and touching the animatronic uh, baby stegosaurus. Mm. He's kind of got his hand in like a squeezing motion, you know? Yeah, and she's definitely got a look of delight on her face too, like guessing to um, be interacting with that animatronic. Yeah. Um, I but... think um, pretty much everybody who's ever interacted with one of these animatronics on these movies have said that they love how... They love interacting with them. Yeah. Yeah, well, even there's a couple of shots there, which we've seen before, of Spielberg sort of being down next to the Stegosaur and tracking its eye line mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the lot of sort of character photos here of Nick in Sarah, um, all those sort of ones, Dita, we've seen before, just production images that mm-hmm. um, they've had out. But there's a couple here of Sarah and Nick uh, in the Hunter's Camp as well, which... Fantastic. And that's actually a deleted scene still. It's a brand new uh, still we've never gotten before. Mm. Of um, when they're sneaking around the hunter's camp before they they cut the lines. In fact, I think you can see. Yeah, Nick's got the um, Nick has the wire cutter, the bolt cutters in his hand there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he still hasn't put the handles on them yet. He must just be taking them out, getting them ready. Um, mm-hmm. But just sneaking around behind the tents here, and you can see Ludlow, Burke, and Dita sort of talking pre-investment speech, um, which might mm-hmm. which might go into a little bit of that stuff from the the shooting script where they're discussing the um, the herbivores and the coast and the next um, next roundup for the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I do like here is that you can see behind them. It looks like a sculpted cliff face. Mm. I wonder if it's they're reusing. Um, something from the uh, ravine chase as a backdrop, possibly. You never get to see that their uh, camp is actually somewhat in a ravine, in a way, uh, in the actual final film. Yeah, well, we we sort of we have the shot of the gatherers looking down on the camp from obviously a little bit of a higher up vantage point, and even mm-hmm. both scripts are described as being uh, the gatherers looking down from the top of a ridge. Uh, this is a lot steeper, and obviously they've just put this up to hide the wall of the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like just the greenery and the trees they've got growing out of, like attached to the rock face as well. Like in in real life, you'd want to back yourself into a ravine like this so you only had one or one eighty degree um, open open range. If predators or anything come in, you had a you had this uh, like rock wall behind you as security, but. Um, mm-hmm. But again, as you said, like you just never see see it in the film, because um, even you've got the the Hummer Park, there for the satellite dish, and the investment camp. You can see the concept art in the background, and someone's mm-hmm. in there working, or there's two guys working in there on the uh, miniature of the Jurassic Park San Diego. Whether they're um, just a couple of production guys setting up, or if it's actually they've just taken it out of the box and are putting it together ready for the 
uh, ready for the meeting. But mm -hmm. well, considering this is a deleted scene still, I'd have to say that's actually part of the movie. Mm, yeah. You know, I don't think that's production, guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fancy. And there's a couple. There's one shot of um, of the gatherers looking down over the Indian camp, and it's just the contrast is really lit well. You can see see across the whole camp. You can see the tents in more yeah, detail, yeah. the vehicles. Um, yeah, it looks great. I mean, you can see the, like the big red cage there in the background mm. where the um, Stegosaurus presumably. I presume that's where they had the big Stegosaurus that they'd captured. Well, the Stegosaur ones off to the left, the green. Because it had the ridge, oh. it had the ridge in the middle to meet the spines, like its blades or plates. Oh right, right. So it'd have to be the Triceratops, you'd imagine, being that big. Yeah, it probably would have been. Yeah, I don't know if the color comes through as much in the film or not, but um, one interesting oh, thing, <laughs> one interesting thing here too, was with the uh, Humvee parked beside the main tent. There's a fairly large tree sort of beside it, and then a couple of the smaller, mm -hmm. like the Jeep Roland was in, the command Jeep beside that. That tree's not there when it flips over and rolls. <laughs> so I wonder if they just sort of pulled it out into the open there when they um when they done that stunt. Mm -hmm. But again, being a set, all that's all that's fake, fake tree and all mm -hmm. that. But it looks fantastic. Um, and and I like how in here you can see how the camp actually uh, goes, how it backs into the foliage and is separated into two areas, like it is in the. Um, shooting script where they describe one parts with the dinosaur cages, the other parts with the uh, actual gatherers, tents and equipment and stuff. Mm. Yep. And then again, just to continue on what would have been the delayed scene, you got Sarah sort of getting some poses beside some vehicles as well during the sabotage. Mm -hmm. There's one there behind the uh, one of the Hummers. Oh, not Hummers, one of the Unimogs. Um, which I can't recall. I don't think we've seen any shots of Sarah like production stills like these, they're obviously production stills for marketing or to go out with the um, like the marketing packs and that. But mm -hmm. I can't recall. No, we've seen them just now in this quality. Yeah, yeah. You go to Jurassic PD, I go to the Lost World cutscenes okay. article, and these pictures are on there. Yep. But just now, again, and not in this quality. Yeah. And then sort of moving on, there's a couple of uh, photos here too we've seen before of the trailers, the trailer sequence with the rear trailer hanging over the cliff and upside down. Mm -hmm. One thing I never noticed before was the damage section on the side of the rear trailer that's there beside the ladder. Yeah. Which is obviously no, where the Tyrannosaur hit it. Mm-hmm. One thing I do like about that one shot of where we get pulled back, it's in the making of book, but again, not in this quality. And you just get a beautiful view of all that foliage that they had packed around the uh, actual set, you know? Mm-hmm. And how much they just went all out with this set. I mean, you never see any of this in the actual movie. Mm. But it's all there, you know? Yeah, and we discussed we discussed during the Sliders episode just how much they put into the sets, um, even <laughs> though some of it would never end up on camera. Even with the quality here we get now, like just seeing all the mud, um, which would have been sprayed up along the side of the trailer, which would have been there after it rolled, but you never really see that detail. You see a little bit on the side when Ian looks out, you can see some mud mm -hmm. and moss and that on the window and the bars, but never to this much detail. No. Um. And one of my favorite ones here, another one is probably my favorite, most favorite of the set here is we get this wide shot 
of the camera crew chasing after Peter or er, what was it? yeah Peter Stormare <laughs> yeah played Peter Stark yep yeah <laughs> yeah I'm the steady cam steady cams running up the creek bed behind him yeah and they're just chasing after him as he chased he's running from uh well it, well, it would be CGI copies in this shot but mm. it's just this beautiful greenery and moss and ferns and a cloud of um, mist that's just in the background and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's just you before know? you can see the log across the creek ahead of him or the stream ahead of him that he's going to go over in a minute but just the camera mm-hmm. running along behind him and the camera's about two foot off the ground or a foot off, off the ground just to mimic um, compi cam. <laughs> <laughs> but I found it odd that um, one of the guys is following him along with a boom mic as well. Like You wouldn't think um, I suppose I'd try and pick up as much of him splashing through the water um, mm-hmm. as the sound effect, but it, it, you'd hear them sort of... There'd be a lot of background noise of them running over the stones as well, you'd imagine, but... Yeah, but that's what the um, sound sound design is for. They they cut all of that out and then add in special er, uh, sound effects. They add in the... Uh, they edit the water splashing sounds. They... Add in the music, you know. Yeah, and the so you never hear any of that in the final cut. Yeah, and as you said, like just looking at this canyon, um, yes, some of the sets we're just talking about the RV and the hunters' camp, but them being completely man-made um, and how good they've done that. But just you can't replicate this sort of being out there in nature, the ferns, the moss, the, just the natural trees hanging across the creek where they've fallen. Mm. Um, and this was also a completely new uh, picture that. I've last seen before, and so it's great because you never get to see these kind of wide foliage shots of just what the locations looked like before they started filming. You know. Yeah, yeah, and there's a, there's a few other shots too. You've got again Dennis Muir now with the the miniature or the marquette of the compi, getting the colours and that in the stream bed. Mhm. And then um, there's also a couple of pre-production photos that was posted as well. Like for example, there's a com- full satellite shot of the um, of the Las Cinco Mortes, mm. which is absolutely beautiful because you never see this in the film at all. And apparently, this would this would probably have been one of the maps that they used to base off of the other maps that we do get in the film because I mean, it matches Eddie Carr's. Uh, GPS CGI map. Yeah. Yeah, I was but, going to ask if that was the same one we see the top before it goes topographical in that little video. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I compared the two before I um, edited Jurassicpedia with this map and the, on the Los Cinco Mortes uh, page mm. because, I mean, it's like going from 144 pixels to <laughs> 4K. I mean, it's the, it's, that's the... That's the difference here. It's just amazingly beautiful, and it's a shame that the picture itself is kind of rather medium-sized. Mm. I would love to have this map blown up like 500 by 500 pixels, <laughs> or 5,000 5, by 5,000 pixels. Yeah. Even you can see the white caps in the ocean. Like even the detail in the ocean is fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gorgeous. It's you can see all the mountains, the greenery. It's amazing. Does this... I, I haven't looked at the um, the map we get in the trails at the start of the film to compare, but does this put the islands a bit closer together? Or does it, um, it look about right? I think it looks about right. 
Because looking at this, especially between Sauna and I think that's Penna or Tananico, you sort of the gap there is not that wide, and they're not going to do it now, obviously. But if no, they were going to go with dinosaurs moving, moving and migrating, mm-hmm. they could have done no, that. No, they. There. If you look at the Las Cinco map on the trailers, for example, just uh, Morta and Sorna are both very close, to, are about that close together, and I believe it's Tacaño oh, that okay. is that one. Pina's the uh, the one at the end. Okay, yeah. That little poop-looking one. Yeah. <laughs> it's somebody who described it when I reposted the picture. <laughs> uh, but that's there yeah, again. Like that's just just the last couple of months. All of a sudden, we've come out. We've got topographic maps of Sauna and the other islands, and again, just stuff we didn't really know existed or in this quality anyway. <laughs> all we need now is the uh, the other map that was in the trailer up above the kitchen when Kelly walks through. It was sort of similar to this, but it was more of a as maps are that light blue as the ocean and the, the more of a yeah. green. Um, I suppose one no, last just... oh go. Yeah, go ahead. I suppose one last one um I want to talk about is um a good shot here of Nick in the communications room. Um, mm-hmm. Again, a lot more light, not dark. You can see a lot more of the equipment. You can see some of the screens and one of the computer monitors. It looks like it's a little bit blurry, but looks like it's an InGen logo on the screens, and I'd just love to know what's on those screens without the foliage being there. Oh, uh, yeah, really? Whether it's, whether it's sort of some sort of just data data being put on screen. Because mm-hmm. even, as we discussed earlier, going back to the trails and just the, the animal bios that are just on the screen on, on loop in the trailers, like, even that's a good little thing to see now, finally, of what the animal information is, and it's just something in the background as, um, as filler. Mm-hmm. Now, one, the interesting thing is that apparently all of this, according to Behind the Gates, is, or behind, according to Behind the Gates, they found it all on a French Universal Studios website. Oh well. Wow. Which shows, which seems to show it as, um, as special features for the upcoming, um, upcoming Blu-ray. I'm, trying to find the link that they posted I'm not finding it but yeah the um like while you're doing that too while you're looking for that one fantastic one here we've seen before of the um the crew of the raptor animatronic beside the the jeep where um ian's hiding inside and it comes through the window now that one is someone that we've had for a while now in mm. fact you can find it in the um not just in the making of book, but in, in unfortunately a poor quality, but you can find it in a pretty really good quality on the um, making of Blu-rays and DVDs from 2011. Yeah, yep. Yep, and there's a couple of the Worker Village. Um, one one looking down Main Street that we've had for a while, and uh, one good one of when Ian, Ian, Sarah, and Kelly come into the Worker Village just to look from the operations building back at the Main Street. And just see some of the detail, just the pipe work that goes out, and then the the skeletons in the background mm-hmm. of that wonderful set. <laughs> Here it is. And I was able to bring it up from my cache, uh, my computer cache. Now, unfortunately, it is in French, so I cannot read a word of it. But yeah, this, um, these are all special feature images from the um, new upcoming. Uh, what is it? The 4K, I think. Yeah. And the 4K Blu- uh, Blu-ray that they're releasing. Yeah, that's going to be good if they've got new material on there. Mm-hmm. 
if this is just some of the production photos are going in, hopefully they got a new feature or something. A bit more behind the scenes stuff. There's one photo here of Spielberg and crew looking at, um, I'm guessing looking at dailies or something. There's a concrete column behind them, half blue and half painted white. And then there's like a, look, it looks like a concrete retaining wall up behind them. Have you got any idea where this is? It's got tiled or paved pavers on the floor as well. It's not... Which picture is this? Um, it's it's towards the end. You can, Stephen's looking at some dailies on a um, camera, and you've got a heap of crew behind him. And you, there's like a there's a concrete pillar with an arch. The arch is just outside a shot. Oh, I know what the, I know what that one is. That one is the um the Mombasa bar scene. Oh, that okay. Was filmed, that was filmed at the uh the like the Mexican or the Spanish town. I can't remember what it's called, yep, but yep. it's like the the little Spanish town set that they have on the back lot there. Yeah, and that's there. Yeah, that's why now, because I recognise the guy behind him with his arms folded as being the douche that <laughs> Roland punches out. Yeah, now that you say that, I, I knew I knew him from the film somewhere, but yeah, as soon as you say it, clicked. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's some fantastic shots. I've posted uh, links up or shared the um, photos up onto both the Facebook pages. So head over and check them out. It's it's great just to look through and again to be seeing new new content, new behind the scenes stuff and images from the film that's been waiting 25 years or 23 years to come out i suppose last there is one good shot here too with uh it's from the um damaged camp scene where they're all talking around and you got burke and sarah going back and forth about the trenosaur and its scent and all that and being able to smell but it's in black and white i wonder wonder how this film would go in black and white mm-hmm. you'd, you'd lose probably some of the effects in the redwoods and that just that eeriness of it but um It'd really take you back to those early King Kongs where it's black and white. It would, but I wouldn't necessarily say that we would lose the eeriness because the the original Dracula movie, the ni- the nineteen thirties one, not um the one with Bela Lugosi, mm-hmm. yeah, um, was in black and white and is also known as one of the most one of the most atmospheric of the original um what is it Universal horror classics. Yeah. Just simply because it has all that fog. Yeah. And mists just wafting through the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know I know Fury Road and Logan went for that black and white versions. I haven't seen them, so I don't I don't really know what films these days that have been shot in colour, um, how they go being retroly or re- mm-hmm. after the fact being made into black and white. I'm pretty sure uh, I know on your computer I think you can select black and white on your screen. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so you'd probably be able to have a look anyway, but um, it'd be just interesting the way the way the film was shot in that back in ninety seven, ninety six, how um, how it'd look in black and white. Especially because I actually had not heard that um, Fury Road had been transferred into black and white. And I'm kind of interesting interested to hunt that copy down. Mm. <laughs> well, especially if that even some parts of Logan where you've really got those. Those oranges and those that desert colour um, that looks fantastic on screen. The flares going up and popping the different coloured flares and that like you'd lose. Oh, I don't know if you'd lose the effect going black and white. You just wouldn't know what the colours were, but you'd still you'd still recognise them as being signal flares and that. But but that's <laughs> tangents. Um, <laughs> anything else on these uh, photos you want to discuss? Oh, I 
I'm pretty happy with that discussion, actually. Yep, too easy. Yeah, so as, as I said, um, they're on the Facebook pages. Uh, one other thing that I shared to the Facebook page that I got a chance to watch last night was the um, all the uh, behind the scenes and the RV getting to Universal Studios for the Universal Celebration I had there a couple of months ago. It was good to see Frank and the team get the RV there, even though it took a little bit more <laughs> effort than was originally thought. But that, that video has been shared over there. Go and check out the RV restoration team, and if you can afford it, chip them a buck or two to um, just to help get that thing get that thing back in or keep it going. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, while, we're, while we're talking about sending some money around, uh, episode one of Jurassic Mysteries is now up on the Patreon feed, and episode two will probably up be up in the uh, next week or two so we uh, episode two we discussed the uh, the parasailing incident at the start of Jurassic Park 3 our thoughts and oh not assumptions <laughs> our, our thoughts and uh, what we think the um, actually did it so that's over on the Patreon feed for just a dollar a month David thanks for joining me for this little bonus episode and uh, no we might be back next week with our much hinted and uh much regretting long Fallen Kingdom discussion and Jay Jurassic's going to be back to join us with that so until then thanks, until then thanks Dave and we'll get out of you for the day uh, sure well, half an hour from now John Hammond's dream reimagined will come true for one one hundredth the cost of building a destination resort thousands of miles away I believe I've spent enough time in the company of death Tonight we'll christen Jurassic Park San Diego with a mega attraction that turns down on the of anything like it. that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life 